At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. When you visit Arizona, time is measured in moments, not minutes. Like the moment your work stress disappears as you kayak through the canyons. Or the moment you discover the life-changing effects of prickly pear chocolate. But nothing beats the moment you see the Grand Canyon for the very first time. Visit a new state of mind. Learn more at hereyouareaz.com. This is Make It Kind. Make It Kind. M-I-P. With Masamela Matsumo. Mark Thompson. Make It Kind. Get woke. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back. Our guest throughout African American History Month, author, publisher, cultural historian, educational consultant, the founder and director of the IKG cultural resources and the current director of the ASA restoration project. He is the first African-American to fund and coordinate an archeological dig in Egypt and has led more than 30 archeological missions to Egypt since 2009. And in fact, the ASA restoration project is funding the excavation and restoration of three 25th dynasty tombs of Kushite noblemen on the West bank of Luxor, Egypt. Prolific author and lecturer Anthony Browder joins us once again. Hotep, brother. Hotep, man. Thank you for having me back. You know, I want to start right there. We came up saying Hotep. Yes. And just for a minute, just in terms of some current cultural stuff, mm -hmm. that some have now turned that word, unfortunately, into a pejorative. And that I don't like that. Mm -hmm. But talk to us about the meaning of that term, what it really means and why we say it. Hotep is an ancient African word that originated in Kemet, the country that we now call Egypt. It means peace. There is a man who lived um, in the, he lived around 2700 BC by the name of Imhotep. Imhotep means he who comes in peace. Imhotep is recorded in history as the world's first multi-genius. Imhotep was the person responsible for creating, designing, and overseeing the construction of the Step Pyramid of Zoser in the city of Saqqara. That is the first man-made structure of stone in history. Imhotep is also recorded in history as the world's first physician. He was a philosopher. He was the uh, vizier to the king Zoser. He was a poet who gave us the statement, eat, drink, and be merry, for tomorrow you will die. So this word, hotep, honors this, this multi-genius, and that word should be used with profound reverence. You know, and, but we live in a society where our world has literally been turned upside down, where the N-word is a term of endearment now. And peace 
is something to be frowned upon. So these are crazy times, brother. And so when we say multi-genius, um, it was because he could master all of those different disciplines, right? Absolutely, absolutely. Uh, some people compare him to Da Vinci or, or Edison, but we have to put history in its proper context. We can say, or we should say, that Da Vinci was a European version of Imhotep, or Edison was a white version of Imhotep. Context is everything. Kind of like people who say Josh Gibson was mm. the, the black Babe Ruth, rather than say Babe Ruth was the white Josh Gibson. Absolutely. I'll give you another one. People used to say that Billy Eckstein was the black Frank Sinatra. I think even Frank said, I might be the white. <laughs> Frank told the truth. <laughs> right, right, right. Um, in, in terms of these terms, the last time we talked, you mentioned the Sphinx, and we all know that term, the Sphinx. But then you used another name for it. Mm-hmm. Talk to us about that, because I think it's important we understand the actual uh, language and terminologies that we use. And and is not the language we use when we talk about Kemet, the, the language of the metanature? Sure. Well, <clears throat> thought precedes speech. So we have to realize that most of the names of African people, places, and things have been changed by non-African people, i.e. Europeans. So when we use European names to describe African people, we're viewing them through a European lens as opposed to having the capacity to interpret them or to feel them through the names and through the spirit that was given them by African people. More MIP after this message. Sphinx is a Greek word. It means to strangle or to hold. The African name for that statue is Her-Em-Aket. Her-Em-Aket means Heru on the horizon. Heru was the son of Asaranaset, the founding parents of ancient Kemet. Kemet is the original name for the country that the Greeks called Egypt. Another Greek term that we use quite often is the word pyramid. The comedic word for that structure is mir, M-I-R. And so if you understand what mir means, it helps to give more meaning to that structure. They tell us that pyramids were tombs and that pharaohs were buried in tombs. That is a lie. There are 118 pyramids or mir in Egypt today, and none of them, zero, have a tomb, zero. Mir were always built over tombs. The tombs were underneath. Mir then are like tombstones placed over a grave. So what does the word mir mean? Mir means the place of ascension, the place of ascension. Mir were built over tombs in order to facilitate the ascension of the soul buried beneath it into heaven where that soul would be reborn. So as a result of, of Conscious African people pushing the envelope and reclaiming our names, that has now forced European Egyptologists, some European Egyptologists, to begin to refer to Mir as resurrection machines, which is in fact what they were. Resurrection machines. Resurrection machines, structures, architectural structures designed to resurrect the soul of the deceased in the tomb into a specific region of heaven. And we also know where in heaven those souls were projected. Those, those souls were projected into a constellation uh, 
that we refer to today by its Greek name, Orion. But the kinetic name for that constellation, which has, which can be readily identified by seven stars, particularly three stars that form the belt of Orion. In Kemet, that star system was known as Sahu, Sahu. And it was the first star in the belt of Sahu, which was the region in heavens where all souls went to be reborn. So the word mummy is a Arabic word which describes one of the um, materials that was used in order to, um, to mummify or funeralize a body. The comedic word for that process is sahu. Now, what does this mean? In, in Kemet, <clears throat> the history and culture and philosophy of Kemet was rooted in a story, a mythology of Asar, Aset, and Heru. And Asar was murdered and was ultimately resurrected. His wife, Asar's wife, um, well, let, let me back up and let me put the story in its proper context. Asar was murdered by his brother and his body was cut into multiple pieces. Aset searched and found all of the pieces of Asar's body. She literally washed his body, assembled all the parts together, anointed them with oils, and then wrapped his body in bandages, thus creating Sahu, the first mummy. And it took a set 70 days to find the pieces of her husband's body and to funeralize him before she buried him. And so 70 days became the time frame for mummification and Kemet for the next 3,000 years. So Asar was, uh, went into heaven and he then became the, the symbol for the process of rebirth for every person who died in Kemet for the next 3,000 years. So it's a myth that has taken on gigantic proportions and has been modified in one form or another and spread all around the world, but it's a myth of African origins. More MIP after this message. Look, here, just hearing you describing all these movies, The Mummy, The Mummy 1, The Mummy 2, the sequel, we need this. We need to move on this. Absolutely. <laughs> I mean, that's Absolutely. But, but dig this, man. But dig this. You mentioned the mummy, right? Do you remember? So I, I'm sure you remember the first mummy, which was Boris Karloff. It came out in, what, 1939 or something like that. Do you remember, brother, the name of the mummy? I actually don't. Okay. His name was Imhotep. Wow. Okay. So when the when the when the movie was remade in nineteen in nineteen ninety nine, and then um, they had a sequel in two thousand and one, they also used that name and called that monster that beast Imhotep. So when you when I go to schools today and speak with young folk and show them an image of the step pyramid and mention Imhotep, they shriek, they pull back because they think of Imhotep and the mummy. So we're talking, about, we're talking about putting our children in mental prisons, separating them from the glory of their ancestral legacy. Well, and, and I've often said too, in this moment or, or this time where STEM mm. is so emphasized and trying to create opportunities for our people in that field, I think one of the things that that we 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 missed out on 
And I mean, that was a struggle too, because you know, you were involved, we were all involved in the struggle for African centered education. Um, imagine if our young people knew that science, you know, and, and math and technology, all of that comes from them. It is indigenous to our culture and our ancestry. We are descendants of, of Imhotep. And so you get a different thing because now the, the, the cultural image, I mean, let's be honest, we have um, certain cultures that are promoted as predisposed to science and math. Absolutely. Uh, the Asian culture uh, and the Indian culture, well, that's also Asia, but people from Asia, uh, be they from China or India, nobody, we don't look at ourselves in that way and nobody looks at us in that way. Um, but imagine if we were, if our young people were to see that, mm-hmm. and you're right, they the image of Imhotep is just something hocus pocus or something on a TV screen rather than a multi, this was a multi-genius. I could be a multi-genius too. I could be excel in this area as well. So folks, this is why we do this. This is why these kinds of conversations are important. Um, some terms we, we, we've got folks that we want to just, I want to just go back over because we put a lot, through a lot at you. We, we're in the classroom now. Um, um, the Sphinx, I want to be sure I had that pronunciation. Her M. Aket. Her M. Aket. And Her M. Aket means Heru on the horizon, the place where the sun rises and sets. But now, wait a minute, Tony. You said the Sphinx, though. That term itself means stranglehold. Okay, to strangle or to hold. So follow this, follow this. The story, the Greek story of the Sphinx comes from the story of Sophocles, who wrote the story of King Oedipus. The story of Oedipus is a story of a Greek who was traveling along the road and he was accosted by this monster called the Sphinx. And in Greek literature, the Sphinx was a monster with the head of a woman and the body of a lion. And she terrorized the people who who walked along the road leading to Thebes in Greece. Now, Thebes in Greece is named after Thebes in Egypt, right? So the Sphinx would ask a question of any person who encountered it. And so that question is now known today as the riddle of the Sphinx. And those who play as Alpha, uh, Alpha Phi Alpha, should, should know this, should be familiar with this. So the riddle of the Sphinx is, what walks on four legs in the morning, two legs in the afternoon, and three legs in the evening. And the more legs that it walks on, the weaker it becomes. Whoever could not answer this riddle was strangled by the Sphinx. Hence the word Sphinx means to strangle or to hold. So in the medical community, there are muscles in the body called sphincter muscles, which constrict. The pupil of your eye is a sphincter muscle. You know, if you're if you're in a um, uh, in a room and you go outside in the bright sunlight, then the pupil of your eye is going to constrict in order to limit the amount of sunlight in your eye so that you can see. We are sitting on it on our sphincter muscles right now, and if they weren't working, we'd have to jump up to go to the bathroom to relieve ourselves. So it's interesting to know how Greek concepts have made their way into our language without us having a clear understanding of the origins of those words or even what those words mean. Wow. Wow. That's amazing. That is something else. We, we're learning so much, folks. Also, just other terms. Uh, mir, mir. Metanature for um, pyramid uh, right. as well. Mm-hmm. We learned so what, what is metanature, brother? That's the second time you've used that word. What does that mean? Well, 
you put me on Adam. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I'll give it to you. Metanetur is the comedic word for the writing which Greeks call hieroglyphics. Hieroglyphics, hiero means holy or sacred. Glyphics meaning means writing. So hieroglyphics was sacred writing. So when the Greeks came into Kemet, they saw this language carved on the temples. They saw it written on papyrus and they knew that this language was associated with temples and other sacred structures. Hence the name hieroglyphics, sacred writings or sacred carvings. But to the people of Kemet, it was called Medu Necher. Medu means sacred, uh, sacred, and Necher means the principles of, of the creator. So the writing represents the sacred language of God. Anthony Browder with us, folks. Um, this, is, this is heavy, and we're learning about our history and our culture. Next time we meet, we'll get even more into that because there's still some dispute uh, maybe not as much as there used to be about um, what the ancient Egyptians actually look like. So I'll, I'll ask Tony about that next time. Uh, folks, we invite you to visit our very special guest, Anthony Browder, ikg-info.com, acerestorationproject.com. And of course, Tony, they, when people visit the web website, they can find out about the tours as well. Correct. Absolutely. All yeah. the information is on the website. We, we, we've got to do all that. African American History Month with Anthony Browder. Thanks, brother. All right. My pleasure. Thanks for getting woke and listening to Make It Plain. Please remember to listen, like, and wherever you get your podcasts, please give the show a five-star rating. And please do spread the word. Let's all continue to pray for each other during this pandemic and this police-demic. If all hearts and minds are clear, it has been Made Plain. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently, by using more sustainable practices, by developing better technologies, we keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com purpose. Parker, engineering your success. Brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, weight gain. Maybe you think they're just part of getting older, but Midi Health understands that for women over 40, they can all connect to menopause. It's at the root of dozens of symptoms we experience, not just hot flashes. Midi clinicians are menopause experts offering safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com.